is eternal. It all, it's always sunrise somewhere. The dew is never dried all at once. A shower is forever falling. Vapor is ever rising. Eternal sunrise, eternal dawn and gloaming. On sea and continents and islands, each in its turn as the round earth rolls. From John Muir, Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for the first quarter of the Beaver Moon, November 12th and 19th, 2010. Here's some natural events this past Quarter moon has offered refreshing weather, neither fall nor winter, with rain and then sun. The leaves are mostly gone from the trees, and though there is ice on the puddles in the morning, we've had no really severe cold yet. A moth fluttered under our porch light the other night. Lupin and red clover can still be found in bloom here and there in the high meadows, and the mosses and the lichens on the ledges and cliffs have turned to bright green on their rich diet of rain and sunlight now that the sheltering leaves have fallen. The bare trees also reveal great clusters of leaves in high branches, winter homes for the squirrels. These nests start with a base of twigs, moss, and damp leaves in the crotch of a branch and over this, a dome of twigs or vines is raised. And then the hole is packed in with leaves, lined with shredded bark or even paper, forming a snug cave just big enough for two. That's that big clump of leaves you see high up in a tree. And how would you like to ride out a windy night in that sometime? Field and Forest Report. Hunter orange is seen along the roadsides and in the woods where... White-tailed deer now match wits with hunters and win more often than not. Along the roadsides, old pumpkin smiles are sagging into themselves. And in the hayfields, wild turkeys and domestic turkeys in the freezer. Here's a mountain report. With birches and maples mostly bare and brown oak leaves whispering in the wind as they slip from the trees to make a slick, leathery carpet underfoot. Your commentator took his sweet time going up the mountain by less traveled ways. Across the sedge meadow, over the rubble bridge through the sumac, up the steep slope by the old stone wall to the Abnaki Trail, then up through the fern gully by the porcupine woods, past the big Rodora patch, and then over the ledges to the summit. Along the way, ghostly clumps of pearly everlasting and brown stalks of goldenrod shivered in the wind. At the top, not another soul was to be seen or heard. A cold wind blew and stirred something on the boundless stone beneath my feet where the fire tower once stood, and I bent to pick up a six-inch brown feather with white bars. Could be a partridge, but I'm guessing it might be a left pinion feather from a falcon. Near the bronze U.S. geodetic survey marker sunk in the stone, 
we find planted in a cairn a spanking new sign that reads Summit, 934 feet. Well, here's some wild speculation. Perhaps this sign has been placed as a public service to inexperienced hikers who don't know that when you can't go any higher, you are at the summit. Or perhaps it is to warn the imprudent against climbing any higher, injuring themselves and stirring up lawyers and insurance agents. Or perhaps this sign is a sincere attempt to beautify one of the most beautiful spots in Maine, or give us the latest government estimate of the altitude, knowing how helpful government estimates can be. Or maybe it's a sign of something else. What do you think? And here's a saltwater report. Lobster traps are mostly handed, hauled out and stacked in dooryards. Pleasure boats are standing shrink-wrapped in boatyards. Eiders, scoters, and longtails are rafted up in the bays, chatting their way into the chill and dwindling days together, sharing ducky stories of autumn's past. And finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you this week from René Domal, 1908 to 1944. You cannot stay on the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why bother in the first place? Just this. What is above knows what is below. But what is below does not know what is above. One climbs, one sees. One descends, one sees no longer. But one has seen. There is an art of conducting oneself in the lower regions by the memory of what one saw higher up. When one can no longer see, one can at least still know. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself.